Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of A Dying Light. I am your host, Alex, and I am uh, going to bring today a uh, bonus episode, and it's one that uh, doesn't often get talked about in the church, and uh, it's one that's very close to a lot of people's hearts, and I could probably venture to say that a lot of people have experienced uh, this at some level or have known people who have experienced it. Um, you know, in varying degrees. So we are going to tackle a uh, extremely controversial topic and hopefully shed some light and bring some insight into it and just have an open discussion about it. And uh, with that, I have a couple of guests with me today. Um, because it's quicker to do it this way and he's already been on the show, or has he? Well, he was on a Patreon episode. He wasn't on a live <laughs> undying light show but anyways thomas introduce yourself hey i'm thomas from uh redeem meditations um the most amateur podcast on uh next to, next to mine ne- next to- <laughs> no 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 no, no. <laughs> so so yeah for those of you who know me um go yeah. listen good stuff yeah. he's doing right, good work stuff, whatever I, I just you know, I didn't start getting good until nephew came on my podcast. <laughs> so, and that includes the one I had with you, Alex. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. I I take everybody down. I bring you all down. And uh, to fill the table today, we have uh, April, who is on the track with us. April, introduce yourself, please. Hey, I am April. I am. Um just a regular person patreon and undying light happy to be here long time patreon too aren't you you've been with me for uh, yeah for quite some time quite, yeah yeah we've done some growing yes we have we april and i have known each other for uh, quite a while and we've helped i've kind of helped through life and we've known gotten to know each other very well and uh so I'm very honored to have both of you on the show. Both of you are 
Patreons. And this is one thing before we get to the topic that I really enjoy doing is just trying to give back to the to those who support this ministry. And by doing that, I'm able to get you guys on the show with the topic of your choice and just we, we could talk about it, have an open dialogue and you can pick my brain and I can pick your brains and we can just kind of go through things. So uh, April brought this topic to me and we talked about it back and forth, uh, actually, I think for quite some time. And then, yeah. And and then, and then it was like, well, why don't we make a show about it? So we were planning and planning. And then I think I messaged you today and I was like, Hey, you want to get on tonight and record? Yeah. (laughs) So, cause Thomas and I were going to record an episode and I was like, well, let's just get April and we'll, we'll make a party of it and we'll go from there. So April, what is this topic at hand? So, you know, this is a very interesting topic that is, as we know, controversial, and it is taboo. Um, I believe it has many, many layers to it, and it contributes to part of the reason why it's such a difficult conversation to have, um, especially with the church, and that is abuse in, you know, lots of different forms. It could be um, child abuse, domestic violence. Um, and just abuse in general that exists within some structured organizations that refer to themselves as churches. Mm-hmm. So before we start really digging into this, um, the abuse can come on, as you said, there's many layers. So it can come in the form of physical, sexual, mental. It could be child abuse. It could be um, you know, abuse from uh, within families that are a part of the church, it could be abuse that the church it's themselves are invo- involved in, whether it's the clergy, the staff, it could be, um, you know, affairs that are running rampant. It could be even just, you know, mental manipulation, power control, power, hungry people, things that just ruin people's mental capacity to function. And so this has, this, this is such a topic that, you know, there's articles that are written that are just everywhere and a few podcasts do some shows on it. And this might be something we will definitely have to come back and revisit, uh, in the future again, to kind of keep the talk going for it, because this is something that we have to start shedding light on as a church. And from myself as a pastor, I, I am the, the it person in the church. I have me, I have a secretary, and then I have like one cleaning person in my church. That's the only paid staff. What am I organist? But we don't have staff. We're a small church. And so, you know, but, but these bigger churches have 10, 20 people on staff. They have five pastors and things can get swept under the rug really easily. So, yeah. So Thomas, uh, I want to kind of get your uh, first take on it. And then I know April's got some notes prepared. So I want to make sure we, we go back and forth here, but, uh, I want to get Thomas to, uh, a chance to kind of set some groundwork for himself here and, and why he's on this particular episode with me. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I think especially those, those that are, uh, Patreons and then, um, the, those that listen to my show that, that have known me for a while know that I was, part of the SBC and you almost can't talk about the SBC anymore without talking about the, um, the, 
the report of 700 victims, and I think that's an actual um, conservative number of the 700 victims of of sexual abuse scandal that the SBC faced over 20 years, that men were just basically going in and preying on women and little girls and then getting excommunicated out of a church and then head into another church because nobody was doing background checks. And then that was kind of all topped off, I think, about three years ago with everything that happened with Paige Pat Patterson and not believing um, and handling so bad, bad, badly um, uh, allegations and a lot lawsuit over a rape that ha- happened at uh, Southwestern. And that that's something that I I, I really um, I mean, scripture is pretty clear where those in authority, those who are pastors are to be protectors of the flock. They're supposed to care for the flock. Um, but scripture is also pretty clear about those who who, who aren't. Um, and uh, and I. I, I think that, that this is so, something that I, I don't know if it's just because we don't, you know, we, we want to try to grace over everything or whatever, but it, it's it, especially the sexual abuse stuff. I, I, I know that this episode isn't completely on that, um, but that is a huge thing that just gets swept underneath the rug. Um, absolutely. And, you know, you brought up a very big thing that hit the news the, with the SBC uh, a couple of years ago. That was a big, massive scandal. So uh, but I appreciate you wanting to come in and step up and talk about this topic, because, again, there's a lot of people that just aren't. And it's something that must be brought to the forefront. And obviously, we're starting to see this, you know, these shells break. We're starting to find. Uh, news articles and pastors and priests and bishops and deacons and all these people in these positions are, uh, you know, taking or being um, accused. They're being, uh, they're going to trial. They're being found guilty and they're being arrested and stripped of their pastoral positions. And so we're seeing some good things come, but I'd venture to say that it's much greater than just that. So April, I want to turn it over to you and kind of get your, uh, let you kind of set the pace for the show here. And uh, because I know you've been, this is very close to your heart. And I want you to kind of uh, see, uh, kind of guide us on where you want us to go and and some of the topics in hand that you have for us. Yeah. So, um, you know, I personally have had to deal with abuse in my life. Um, and I am first and foremost, most grateful to God that he has brought me as far as he has brought me. Um, with that being said, um, you know, the topics that I have been most affected by, um, are also things I have, you know, they're issues that I have seen numerous people affected by, um, unfortunately, you know, I come from a lower income community and um, a very cultural lower income community. And on a smaller scale, 
with um, a lot of these issues, you know, people are so ignorant to understanding God's love, um, the true gospel. And um, we tend to follow these patterns of uh, cultural lifestyle upbringings with our children, you know, and by the time you're an adult, you've accumulated all these bad habits that you're completely unaware of, you know. So as Thomas mentioned, you know, these issues are huge. And, you know, as um, Pastor Alex, you've given reference to, you know, a lot of these issues can turn into these huge onions that have these layers that you have to pull back. And, you know, I know that this does hit numerous areas when you're looking at, um, low-income communities who, um, you know, don't have a true sense of the gospel and they're just kind of grouping together and, and trying to call it church. Um, and then you also have a lot of, uh, larger churches where these sins are just hidden. There's a lack of accountability. There is a lack of accountability, um, when it comes to marriages in the church, you know, people aren't speaking enough about, you know, what are the roles here exactly? And, and how are we mixing up, you know, God's covenant with a hierarchy and, um, our, our own accommodations, if you will, you know, so I think that there's a number of ways that you can look at this, um, and it can take you down, you know, um, lots of rabbit holes. Yeah, that's, that is exactly it. And, uh, you know, I want to touch base primarily on the first, um, area that you were talking on and, um, you know, with the lower income family. And I want to really kind of see, you know, culturally, I think there's, you know, whatever scale of income you're at, there's, there could be deep culture, you know, deep roots that go back centuries even, uh, for some, for some people. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, what, what do you think is, why would you think would be some of the causing or some of the mindsets of these people that uh, pry on those individuals and those, in those groups? You know, so it's very easy, you know, (laughs) unfortunately, um, for me personally, I'm Latina. Um, I grew up in a Dominican home. Um, culturally, you are allowed to beat your children. (laughs) It's just one of those things that you're allowed to do. Um, I grew up in a very strict uh, Christian conservative home, and I always had Proverbs 23, 13, and 14, you know, used as um, a means for discipline. But, you know, culturally, there was anger that was attached to that discipline. So in the church, when you have a community of a bunch of Hispanic people, for example, and all these kids are getting hit at home, um, and it's okay, and now we have a Bible verse to validate that, hey, our kids aren't going to die, and this is what we need to do to bring them to salvation, um, it's very easy for anyone to come in from the outside, slap a label of leadership on them, and then now you have a group of people that you can already start to manipulate because they're completely unaware. They're ignorant to, um, that their culture is clashing with the love that God has actually designed for us to demonstrate in family. 
Thomas, what are your thoughts? You know, um, I, I, I think, unfortunately, especially in the church, we've uh, gotten into a strange Americanized Western thing where we don't understand that there are other cultures that, um, that, uh, that 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 have this kind kind of thing where just you know they 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 beat their kids they beat their wife they whatever um you know i i grew up in a uh in a in a split home and uh watched not nice things happen to my mom uh from from her husband and other boyfriends and stuff and then and then um and, and then I, I was ill treated by by um, by my mom as well. And uh, it, I grew up just thinking, yeah, it, it's normal. You know, <laughs> these things are supposed to happen. And then and so, I, you know, you get people in leadership that that don't understand stuff or they build up leadership within that culture and then they're basically putting their presuppositions on what they read into the Bible saying, no, it is OK for me to do stuff like this. And then they give him leadership and he's the one who has grown, grown up in this type of culture to where we, they've just kind of normalized everything when – no, that that's that's not not at all. You know, um, that that that's not that's that's not at all what Scripture says. It's not not what the Bible says. That's true. So uh, before we start looking at some other instances, I want to kind of go over something I brought up on Acts twenty nine dot com, and it's the biblical qualifications of a pastor. And there's. Um, uh, there's a there's a number of them. There's 17, so we'll kind of skim through them here pretty quick. A pastor must be devoted to his wife, a one woman man. Titus 1 6 and First Timothy 3 2. I won't um, give the explanations, or I'm not going to recite all of the scripture. Most of these are found in First Timothy and Titus. Uh, a pastor's children must be submissive, though not perfect. A pastor is a faithful steward. A pastor must be humble, not arrogant. Must be gentle, not quick-tempered. Must be sober, not a drunkard. Must be peaceful, not violent. Must have financial integrity and not be greedy for gain. <clears throat> Prosperity preachers. A pastor must be hospitable. <laughs> a pastor must be a lover of good. Must be self-controlled. Must be upright. Must be holy. Must be able to teach, be spiritually mature, be respectful, and be an example for the flock. So, April, I know through our conversations, you have struggled finding good biblical churches. Would you say it's because uh, often the pastors don't meet these requirements, or do you think it's because they just aren't teaching the word properly? I mean, do you, have you seen or witnessed other abuse in the church from your, from your time? Um, yeah. So, um, a, a combination of some of those. Yes, I did see other, um, abuse happen in, um, the church. Um, I experienced the church literally looking the other way because they didn't have 
the means, the tools, the resources um, to try to help effectively. Um, also, I have experienced that the response is not entirely scripture-based. Um, it's more of a solution that's created to accommodate the congregation, if you will, um, with a little coding of, you know, maybe a reconciliation Bible verse, if you will. But um, it very much will go. I mean, I, I remember I had um, one experience and I was the one who brought it to the pastor's attention at the time. And uh, because it couldn't be validated, the conflict that I had, you know, brought to the forefront, I was actually removed from the ministry that I was in at the time, um, simply because it couldn't be validated, you know, and, and I just thought that, that was a silly solution, you know, so I, I think that there's a combination of problems that are happening in leadership within churches. I would agree. And I have, you know, I mean, it doesn't take much for somebody to just, um, you know, Google this and you'll get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles that are talking. And these are just recent news things, you know, all within the last couple of years. Uh, but, but Thomas, you bring up, you'd mentioned the, the SBC thing. Um, I want you to expand that just a little bit as before we start looking at some of these cases and stuff that kind of blow up. So, so which SBC thing, the, the, the page the Patterson or the, just, or the article that was just more of the, was, more of the 700 abuse okay. case that one that kind of blew up on them. Yeah. So uh, this, it, it, it's hard to look at the fact of, of 700 victims. And again, I really think that that, that that's a conservative number. Mm, I, do, I, I. I really, I think that there's more, um, but again, I really think that because a lot of this stuff, people aren't coming forward, depending on, you know, we're so stuck into, you know, you made a little prosperity gospel joke, but we're, we're so stuck in the um, touch, not the Lord's anointed that we think we can't say boo about the people who who are ahead of us and i i really think because of how america's done the mega church thing and they've pretty much taken all congregationalism out out of things that if you speak up against leadership then you're on some weird little blacklist like with what happened to a april she started speaking up about something nope you're out of this you're kind of in our bad you know you're, you're kind of in bad stand standing with us now or not even kind of you're 100 on bad stand standing the other thing that's going on is that when they did find out these guys were just going in another two years going to another church and doing the same exact thing and i, I it is it baffles me how a the largest denomination in america in all evangelicism dumb whatever you want to call it the largest evangelical denomination somehow didn't know about this. It's absurd to me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely it is. And 
you know, I think you you really touched on some good points and how you can't bring anything to the forefront because you will be quickly blacklisted and you will be quickly labeled as, you know, a, a disturber of the peace, if you mm-hmm. would. And, you know, to what April was saying, it, that happened to her. I've seen it happen to people. And you see it all the time on social media. People come and talk to me about like, you know, I see this. What should I do? Should I go forward? Should I talk to somebody? And so at, at, at the end of the show, I want to take a few minutes and kind of close down with some practical tips on what to do in these moments and situations, because it is uh, terrible. So we can, we can highlight some of these things. You know, there's the sexual abuse scandals, there's physical abuse, right? We've kind of talked through some of that stuff. Um, and, and April brought up another point, which I'm going to get to her here in a minute, but I just, you know, I was just kind of looking around at some articles and I just want to kind of see what your guys' thoughts are. Article number one, almost 1,700 priests and clergy accused of sex abuse are unsupervised. And this was from two years ago, October 2019. And it goes on to say uh, nearly 1,700 priests from the Roman Catholic Church considers credibly accused of child um, uh, child abuse uh, are living under the radar with little to no oversight from religious authorities or law enforcement. These priests, deacons, monks, and lay people now teach middle school math. They counsel survivors of sexual assault. They work as nurses and volunteers uh, aimed at helping at-risk kids. They live next to the playgrounds and daycare centers, and they foster and care for children. And this is exactly what is happening. These men have been, uh, they're not, uh, you know, in the Roman Catholic circle, they're not allowed to marry. And then they turn to abuse kids because they're an easy out. And then the archdiocese will only move them from one parish to another and not remove them at all. So you get this widespread of children who are abused because they're protected. That is it. And that just, it floors me. It just absolutely floors me to see this type of, you know, behavior from the Roman Catholics. And look, this was just done a year and a half ago. Um, Mm. I'm on New York Times, and they have a whole, they have a, a, a an archive of Roman Catholic Church sex abuse cases, and it's just one article after another, going all the way back for years and years and years, just constantly. It's devastating. And so. Um, April, what are your, what are your thoughts? I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit here. So, so we see that the Roman Catholics obviously have some major issues. And then we see in these non-denominational churches that there are major issues. What, what do you think, and maybe I alluded to it a little bit, but maybe what are your thoughts on why these things are really or have always been going on? Because this isn't a new phenomenon. This has been going on for as long as, you know, 
for for quite a few centuries at least yeah it's been going on (laughs) for too long um and it's it's just rippled out of control i know that you know, these are churches that simply are not preaching the gospel. These are not scripture-based churches. And these are churches who have an ulterior motive. They have other agendas. um, And that's the bottom line. If you are in a church where you are experiencing abuse and you have um, gone about it the biblical way, and uh, you've confronted leadership and nothing is being done, then you need to leave that church and not stay there any longer. Um, But I think that people just are so, you know, Christians are lacking so much of scripture reading these days. Um, So, you know, there's, there's a disconnect between the appropriate response to, you know, this, this lack of accountability that's allowed to go rampant um, and have other people in leadership who are also struggling with the same sins just kind of all cover for each other. Thomas, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I, I was about to say, I, I'm not even sure, um, you know, a, April, you said the, 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 these men seem to be, you know, they're, they're struggling with these kinds of, I don't think they're struggling at all. The, the stuff seems to be premeditated. It seems to be premeditated and so far as we've seen, unrepentant. I mean, you look look at a lot, lot, a lot of the stuff that that that's going on, whether it be um, whether it be abuse of like 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 the control stuff, like uh, Drit Driscoll was doing doing um, the the physical abuse stuff that happens with that uh, Todd Bent that Todd Bentley freak. Mm. Um, the the sexual abuse that's happened all over not only the SBC but it, you know you, you kind of know if it's involved with the SBC it's everywhere else too and then um and and, and then ju- just the 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 money abuse stuff that you saw with like James 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 McDonald the, these guys are unrepentant and then they're going back into ministry so this is premeditated, unrepentant sins that we're talking about. So do you think that by chance um, some of it is, do you think some of it could be premeditated in, in the art of, you know, it, maybe maybe not quite maliciously, and, and hear me out as I say it, that uh, if I'm going to be looking for a way to make a quick buck. I need, you know, I found a good way that I can make some easy money and uh, nobody gets hurt, but I'm going to do it behind the scenes and hopefully I can get away with it. That to me, I could see absolutely. Um, and, and I, I think, I think with the sexual abuse stuff, I think we have to be a little careful on how we title this because is it premeditated to fill a desire in their, in their soul that they are, you know, that they, they feel like they need to have this, you know, sexual encounter at, at all costs? Do they feel that they must engage sexually with this, you know, child or woman or other man? Cause there's plenty of gay 
allegations too through the church. Um, mm-hmm. Is it, I mean, is, is it premeditated in so much as it just unrepentant sinners acting in their normal confines? I think we could say it's probably both. It just depends on what the actual allegation really comes to. Well, I think it depends on the case too. You know, I mean, there, there, like uh, honestly, that we we had an experience 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 in my old old church where uh, uh, one of the guys that was a traveling evangelist that would come and preach at our church regularly, he got he got pegged with um with with uh with with child child chi- child assault stuff and you know i i still i'm i, I mean i i struggle struggle with that because i i learned a great deal from the dude and but i mean that to me was more, 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 more of a struggling thing than what we're seeing. Guys going to a church, facing church did di- discipline, getting kicked out, and then basically going to another church and doing the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. So when I talk talk about premeditated, I'm not talking talking about the dude that got that gets caught and then isn't doing it anymore, or is trying to come clean clean about thing i'm talking about the guys that are that that are facing church di- 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 discipline getting out of it and then just going or running away from it all together because we're seeing a lot of that too yeah yeah like the todd bentley's i can definitely see that being much premeditated mm-hmm. um you know i think that there's a struggle when i say struggle i think that there's a struggle with these men trying to manage um, the show of having a church, but really trying to carry out this sin. Um, you have to be two people at the same time. Um, you know, we had, uh, a pastor in, um, our Spanish ministry from the church I was at, um, back home in New York city. And he was ultimately removed from Spanish ministry, for um, watching pornography um, through the, you know, the the church's computers, and um, also being inappropriate with women in the congregation, and so speaking on premeditation, I personally had counseling sessions with this pastor and never experienced any type of inappropriate behavior with him but knew other women who had. Um, The church had confronted him, and he still fell back in sin, and then he was removed. But I definitely um, understood from that scenario that there was a pick and choose, and um, there were tactics that were used, for example, long bouts of fasting and prayer, to almost exhaust a lot of the women so they would be easier to prey on. Well, I think it goes to even, for instance, the biggest headline right now in Christian news is the Ravi Zacharias piece, yeah. right? And I would venture to say his stuff was premeditated. He manipulated women at every front to 
uh, have sexual relations with him, whether it was those who were uh, worked for him at his massage company that his ministry owned, which is just absolutely bizarre. Yes. No church should own a massage business. I'm sorry. Just saying. If you do, get out of the business. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's just um, you know, his stuff. And I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. There's plenty of people who have said have said really good things about it. And uh, but Ravi's, I think, was a premeditated thing. I think Trisco with his like anger and controlling mechanism that he kind of enforced. I think that's just his personality. I mean, that's just how he's wired. He's just an angry man. And you see that kind of just in his approach to the pulpit. And he has no, you know, take this for instance, like John Knox said that when he approaches the pulpit, he doesn't fear Satan. He doesn't fear the congregation. His knees buckle because he fears God. And there is no fear of God in the pulpit from any of these men. No, no, you, you touch on something re- really good good there. Um, and I would think the fact that there's no fear of God in the pulpit um, in these men shows that there's no fear of God in their private life either. I would venture to agree with that. Absolutely. So... April, you had another element that I wanted to touch base on, and that was marriage. Uh, Would you like to expand that thought process for me a little bit? Yes. So, you know, one of the more controversial issues in the church, um, abuse within marriage, when you have a woman or a man claim that their spouse is being too controlling or being too dominant or um, just being a tyrant in the home and using, misusing, rather I should say, misusing scripture um, to validate their position in the marriage um, and, and, and to try to use that over the next person. And when you bring that to church and you try to bring that to leadership, the disasters that I have seen happen are just travesties. Thomas, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, um, grow, growing up, um, in a egalitarian church, it was a little bit strange going to a, uh, a, um, a complementarian church. And then especially in the SBC where they're really just trying to to really merge the two complementarian things and uh, and and stuff. So I I was a mixed bag of nuts when it came to to thing 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 things like that, ultimately lying more on the. the uh the de- definitely on the on the i i guess more harder con- complementarian stuff but not full on patriarchal 
type stuff. And a lot of what I'm see, see, seeing, especially out of deep sects of the uh, of the reformed camp, is this merge towards pa- pa- patriarchalism, where where women aren't allowed to make any sort of money in the house, make any sort of um, decisions for themselves. And they got to ask, like, like I heard a story the other day of a wife that had to ask permission to use the bathroom every time she had to ask her every time she had to go, she had to ask her husband for permission. That's messed up. That's real. I I get it though. And you know, I know cases that not that extreme, but I know people who literally um, the husband is such a control freak in some aspects. Not that the wife is in a uh, you know in any sort of danger, but <clears throat> he's very much you know a financial control freak, and to to the extent that oh we ran out of mayonnaise, well can't get any until we go grocery shopping on the pre-designated day with the allowance of money that we have set aside for it. And it's like, that's, that's kind of a tough way to live, you know, like, but, but it's out there. I mean, and I get it. And so April, what my, my thoughts are, you know, when you started talking earlier about marriage, it's like, where first we have, we have a failure at a church level to, um, institute proper marriage counseling we we fail to um we 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 just flat out fail at teaching these young people what marriage is going to look like mm-hmm. and so we 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 just it just crumbles and then we sit here and shrug our heads going uh, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, you know, being a pastor, I have yet to have a marriage though. I w- will be doing some counseling for some people shortly who have, were just recently married, um, outside of, uh, our area. So they want to come and sit under my church and they're going to be counseled by me. So that is a, um, unique opportunity for me, but I want to get like your take, like, what do you think? are some crucial things that need to be spoken of from a pastor in regards to a newlywed couple from, from everything we've kind of discussed tonight? You know, I would have to say that the most common misconception I have observed across the board is a total disconnect, misunderstanding, and um, perversity of the covenant of God, his love to us, what he designed it to be in gospel. I think there is a major failure to understand how the church is the bride of Christ and how our marriages are intended to be a direct reflection of his relationship to the church. All right. Uh, Thomas, what are your thoughts on that? On, Absolutely. On, you know, the counseling bit piece. Yeah. Um, 
I I think uh, you know uh, when when my wife and I got married, we we even you know we we made sure we even got uh, premarital counseling, um, just so like. And we read a whole bunch of books and stuff. We read Keller's book. We read uh, Chandler's book. We read um, the Fierce Merit Marriage book and stuff. And we read all those things together. And it, it still doesn't. It still doesn't do the same as finding a a a good biblical count counselor now i i do understand that there are some things you know alex you know this as a pastor i know know this because i'm going to school to be a pastor they don't take you through the um this is how you do marriage counseling class right right so there are some instances where i could see how a pastor may go, hey, um, I'm actually going to refer for for you to the the these guys. There's actually a lot of bigger churches that are actually that have like counseling centers inside of their church churches, and it's because th- there's so much integral things um, that that go on relationship wise that I I don't I really don't think our um, our, our ministry stuff can prepare us for, but, but I also don't think our, our ministry school schooling can prepare us for, but I also don't think that that's, that's the, the, the purpose of it. If the, if that was the purpose of it, we would be counselors instead of preachers and pastors. Yeah, um, I think when we boil down to all of it, it, we, we have to have a right understanding of what marriage is. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we're going to, especially from a pastoral standpoint, if I'm going to sit down with a couple, I'm going to, first of all, ask them the very blunt question, why are you getting married? What are you two thinking? And then I want to see their answer. And then I'm going to ask them, what are you thinking you will get out of marriage? And then, then you start to unpack it and you start to get to know their personality and you get to start to see who's kind of the dominant trait and who's the, you know, kind of more passive or, you know, whatnot. I mean, in my relationship, I, I'm a little bit more dominant, not in a bad way, but I mean, I'm, I'm vocal and I'm, you know, I'm just kind of who I'm, who I am. And my wife is, you know, she just kind of lets me do my thing. And we did, you know, the, you know, the, the premarital counseling and her and I both, kind of thought it was a joke because the only thing we remember from it 13 and a half years later is if we could change anything about your spouse, what it would, what would it be? That was the only question we can remember. (laughs) And, you know, we can, we can look back and joke on it, but it really started to build serious foundations for our marriage and helping us to establish these things. But at the end of the day, you know, I think all three of us have pushed the idea that, no matter how good of counseling you have, no matter how good the thought process or philosophical knowledge or secular support you have, if you are not deeply rooted in God's word, you will stumble and fall. 
and Absolutely. and you will fall into the traps that marriage can lead to, which is abuse and domination and all these other you know dark roads. Um, so, Abril, I want to turn it back to you, and I want to kind of see if you have uh, any other insights, any other topics, anything else you want to cover because we're pretty we're over the minute mark, which. I don't really care if we go over or not, but I try to keep it to 45, but, uh, I want to get to make sure that we cover all of the bases that you wanted to cover for the show. Yeah, I think that we covered a lot to consider, um, for ourselves within our own, you know, churches, wherever, um, you know, listeners are at. Um, But more importantly, I implore those who are being abused to not be discouraged and speak up because there are there are believers who who are with the correct understanding of Scripture. And there is a biblical way to go about this. And no abuse is acceptable. No abuse is excusable. And um, scripture does not support abuse. So um, I just want to make sure that we're clear on that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Thomas, what are thoughts, anything else you want to talk about, closing remarks, anything like that? You know, um, I, I do, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go through and re- read it, but I, I think um, we, we would be really amiss if... Um, especially in this last part about marriage, if we don't, uh, lead pe- pe- people to, you know, um, certain texts in the Bible, you know, yep. if, if you guys, um, listen, uh, dudes, especially dudes who aren't married, dudes who are, um, who are, who have a girlfriend or dudes that want to get engaged guy, guys, if, 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 if you have not, thoroughly read Ephesians 5 22 through 33 I, I I would really you know um I I would really quit question if 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 you actually know what what biblical marriage looks like um and, and when I mean read it I don't mean you you skim through it I mean Break it down, study it, understand what it means when it says husbands love your wife as the as Christ loves the church. You know, um, that 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 whole whole thing. Um, the the other thing that I just want to t- touch on a tiny bit is that. In all of this stuff, it, it really generates from, um, you know, we've been getting at a uh, biblical knowledge, but all, all also, you know, um, your your theological um, um, stand stance stand, stances on things. Your theology has um, has consequences. Um, <laughs> um, I, I know I've been kind of really going da- down the deep, deep, deep in with this, um, this, uh, um, eternal, eternal sort subordination of the sun stuff, but I can see how a lot of this stuff that if you think that the father is the one 
who the Godhead down submits to, why you would read in script, 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 scripture that that's the way it's supposed to be in a mar- mar- marriage, that there is this strange hierarchy like that. Um, yeah, I, it, th- ha- having that, that, that thought of things, think y- your theological standpoints have consequences. Um, and so I, I would just really, really, Re, re, really di, 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 dissect your theology of mar- marriage, even your theolo- theology of the trin- trin- Trinity, your theology of of God, God, God's love. What does that true, true, truly mean? You know that thing. I think that I've said about enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you were. You know, just, go ahead. So just to piggyback on, you know, the scripture also that. Um, Thomas was sharing. Um, First Peter three seven is very clear. You know, mm-hmm. um, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. And um, that's an important verse to tack on to um, Ephesians that I don't think gets mentioned enough, if you will. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely and 100% agree with both of those pieces. And I think for uh, anybody who's in a dating or courting um, or engaged scenario, digging yourself into scripture and understanding these things will, will take your marriage to a whole different realm. And, and not only that, but it'll, it'll call you to a deeper relationship with God It'll call you to a deeper relationship with your wife and you will, you essentially will have that. I hate to use the term, but that picturesque, perfect marriage. I mean, you'll still fight. You will still struggle. You will still go through these troubles in life because that's marriage. And you're basically putting two sinners into a household together. (laughs) So, you know, it just helps to reduce those problems. And, you know, I think to close the show down, I think those scripture pieces were perfect, but I want to make sure that what we do um, is provide insight and help to those who are struggling. In April, you started to mention it, that if you do think you're being abused, talk to somebody about it. Do not remain silent. If it is somebody within the church, talk to either another, the lead pastor, another pastor, talk to um, the the somebody who's in authority at the church, talk to the authorities, the police. Uh, There are hotlines and things like that out there that support those types of things. But get out and get your voice heard and so somebody can help you. Do not harbor that and do not think it's normal because it's not. And that especially goes towards children. If you find out that your child is being abused, um... I'd be honest if I wasn't a pastor and I found out that my daughter was abused in the church, um, I would be in jail. I would flat out say that right now. I second that. <laughs> yep. So, and, and that's the other thing too. Parents be cognizant of your children, know where they are, know who they are. And, and here's the thing I'm getting ready to do confirmation classes 
and I've got a bunch of middle school and high, young high school girls that I have to confirm. Do you think in your right mind that I would do that by myself? Absolutely not. And so my requirement is if you are going to get confirmed, one of your parents has to be at the church with me at all time. Because I don't need to be playing the game of he said, she said, and all of a sudden I'm getting ropes of abuse of, or accusations of abuse and, you know, that I said something, I did something, I looked at him wrong or whatever, right? Yeah. That's dangerous water. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the other thing, too, if you're going to accuse somebody, have evidence. Make sure you do not, because you will tarnish and destroy a person in today's day and age. You will destroy that person if they are, even if they're falsely accused. So make sure you have evidence. So I think this is a topic that we should revisit in a couple of months. And I think we should continue to unpack and build upon it. And and I thank April and Thomas for coming on. And if you guys want to plug your stuff really quick, um, where they can find you, Thomas, you want to go first? Um, Sure. Uh, So podcast does not have a Instagram page, even though um, over 90% of the people said it should, but (laughs) um, Hmm. uh, you you can find me on, um, on uh on on instagram uh uh baldy underscore tommy i i am bald um and uh yeah and then the the pod- podcast redeem meditations if you guys want to listen to it it's cool if you guys you know um if not then i, I like the two listeners that that i have so <laughs> all right in april what do you i know you got something you better plug it uh, you can find me on Suds and Sanctity, all one word, um, my Etsy shop. I've got lots of holistic um, awesomeness that must be checked out. And you can also find me on Instagram, reformed underscore life. Uh, what is it? Reformed lifestyle at 333. So I want to brag a little bit on on April here for a minute because she she was she was so kind to send me a few of her soaps and lotions for my wife and I and we got them right right after we were moving and so we we kind of took them and we we my wife had them in her bathroom and they kind of got tucked away and we we were just like didn't think much of it to be honest and I'm sorry about that but <laughs> But we, she, my wife was thinking about it the other day when she was talking to you and she goes, oh my gosh, we have all of the soap that neither one of us have tried. And, and it just dawned on me. And so I pulled out, I forget whatever, which one it was. I think it was the frankincense and myrrh one. Yeah. And I got to admit, my skin is baby soft and, <laughs> and I smell like a dream. That's awesome. You make incredible products and I cannot brag enough about it even when we first opened it we we're like oh this stuff's really good i mean the 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 attention to detail the smells you know how you decorate and everything i mean you do an extraordinarily amazing job and so people go Thank and check you. her out i am going to just plug her stuff away in my stories and you'll get access to that and you'll get access to tommy's show on uh this 
episode as well because he does a fantastic podcast. I can't brag enough about it, even though uh, my time on his show is his lowest viewer ever. Um, it actually, actually my my last one uh, before the, the, this week on a on on a Christian disappointment is is actually lower than that, which. I kind of I was kind of sad. I, I actually <laughs> thought I had a pretty good good episode that one, but but no. And the only reason that that one's it is because you can only find Al- Alex's on Spotify for mm, some reason. Yeah, well, I figured you'd get like negative reviews on mine <laughs> because I jumped in and did it. So, but guys, it was a a tremendous blessing to have you on uh, and and actually discuss something that is very serious and. You know, something that we do need to bring light to. And if you're all wondering why I might be a little bit more quiet or monotone tonight, it's because my wife is upstairs sleeping and I can't be very loud because I haven't finished soundproofing my studio yet. And so she can hear me because her room, our bedroom is literally right above where I'm recording right now. So... That's uh, going to be the show, guys. We made it to an hour mark. I am so thankful that you were able to jump on and do this with me. And uh, we will do it again, I guarantee it, um, in a couple of months. Uh, and we'll dig into this topic deeper. So thanks, guys, for coming on. I will make sure everybody has all of your credentials so that way they can find you. And until Friday's episode, we will see you guys later. God bless. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow-up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.